Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Nehemiah chapter 1. And uh, we'll start reading at verse 8. And we'll read through verse 11. And then we're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 22 and reading verses starting at 23. Thank you, Luke. Praise the Lord. to see Jesse and Holly with us this morning. Amen. Why don't we welcome them back to the house of the Lord. Amen. So glad you're here today. Excited about what the Lord's doing in your life, in your family. Amen. God is so good to us. Amen. How many believe that he's fighting for you? The scripture says, if God be for you, who can stand against you? Amen. Nobody. Somebody say nobody. No one. Praise the Lord. Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 8. Last week I started uh, a series um, preaching about a vision of restoration. And um, if you haven't heard that or you weren't here, go back and listen to that. I'm going to pick up where I left off last week. And I'm going to continue Uh, with a vision of restoration. Amen. Verse number eight. Remember, this is uh, Nehemiah uh, after he's heard the condition of the city of Jerusalem and the uh, affliction of the people there and the condition of the city. How many know that the walls were torn down Uh, It was left in uh, rubble. And so when he heard it, how many know when he heard the condition, there was a response in his spirit. Okay? And how, how many know that the response in his spirit was one of repentance? Because the first step to, uh, when you feel the burden of the Lord is to repent for your part in what was done wrong. Amen. How many know we all have a part in it? Amen. Not only did did, uh, Nehemiah repent for um, what his part in it, but his father's part in it and the generation that had gone before. Somebody say amen. And so this is the prayer, part of the prayer that Nehemiah is praying unto the Lord. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But, somebody say but. If ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out into the uttermost part of the heaven, Yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the place 
that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name. And prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Notice how he reminded the Lord of the promise that he had made. Amen. If you transgress against me, I'm going to scatter you among all the nations. How many know that happened? But if you turn to me, I'm going to bring you back. Amen. How many know that if we turn to God, that he'll bring them back? How many believe that? Amen. Now let's go to Ezekiel chapter 23. You can be seated. Uh, I'm sorry. Chapter 22. I know that this is a lot of scripture. I just want to get a context here for where I'm heading. Ezekiel 22, start reading. Well, I went to uh, Jeremiah. I'm used to being in Jeremiah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you for your patience. And the word of the Lord came unto me saying, let me know we need a word from the Lord. Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Amen. How many know that there's a difference between what is holy and what is profane? Come on. What is of God? And what is of the world? Amen. What he's saying here is his priests have, have blurred the lines. Amen. They have, they have blurred the lines between right and wrong. Between holy and unholy. They have allowed things that have been unholy into the house of God. Come on. And into their lives. And they have blurred the lines. They have grayed the lines. How many know there's black and white? Our God is a God of black and white. Somebody say amen. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths and I have profaned, I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered Mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, and the Lord hath not spoken. 
The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. Does that sound familiar? And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it or that, that I should give mercy unto the land, but I found none. I looked for someone that would stand in the gap and make up the hedge, and I found no one. Somebody said none. He couldn't find anybody that would stand in the gap. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning on a vision of restoration, standing in the gap. Amen. Standing in the gap. Just lay your Bible down right where you're sitting. Just lift your hands to the Lord right now and ask the Lord to speak to you. Come on, lift your voice. Amen. Come on, lift your voice. Lord, speak to me. God, help, help pastor today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, have your way in this house. Cause us to feel what you feel, Lord. To see what you see. To understand what you understand. God, in the name of Jesus, position us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, spiritually, Lord, physically, mentally, God, emotionally, in every way, Lord, to fulfill what you have called us to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ashley. Praise God. A vision of restoration. Amen. How many know that God wants to bring restoration to our lives, to our city? to our families, to our friends, come on, to our neighbors and co-workers, to our enemies. Amen. The Lord wants to bring restoration to our land. I believe it is the desire of our God to restore the United States of America back to what it used to be. Amen. I believe that. I do. I believe that there is a, a great gulf between where we're at and where we should be. Come on. I believe that there's a great gulf between uh, uh, where America is at and where America should be, where Cambridge is at. Let's just get uh, right in the mix of it right here where we're at. How many know that we can't really control what's going on in Washington Amen. We can't control what's going on in Columbus, Ohio, but we have a say of what goes on in our city. Come on, somebody. And, and when we look at Cambridge, what, what we see is we see where it's at, 
but we need a vision of where it should be. Amen. We need an understanding of what God wants to do. Amen. That of what God purposes to do. That where it's at is not where God has purposed for it to be. Amen. There has to be an understanding amongst God's people that 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 where we are right now is not where we're supposed to be. Amen. How many know that when the, the witnesses came from Jerusalem and they began to tell Nehemiah about the condition of the city and what the way it was left after the captivity and the, the affliction that was upon the people of God and the inhabitants of that city. The Bible says that Nehemiah was moved with compassion about what he saw or the condition he saw the city in. Amen. When he heard of the condition of the city, it moved him because he had heard the stories of Zion. He had heard the stories of the great victories that Jerusalem had won and that the children of Israel had won in times past and to see the city of Jerusalem lay desolate before the earth, before the people of the earth grieved the heart of Nehemiah. Amen. When we look at the church and the condition of the cities that they are in, it should grieve our hearts to the core. It should move us when, when, when addiction is an epidemic. How many know that drugs and, and sin is an epidemic in our city? Come on. If you talk to Brother Corey, I'm sure he can fill you in on some details of the things that he deals with on a daily basis as a law enforcement officer in this city. How many know that it's a fight that they can't win by themselves that needs the people of God to take a stance and say this is not the condition our city should be in because we are a praying people. Somebody say amen. amen. They were moved with compassion. There was a burden that fell on Nehemiah. It was a, the, a burden always produces repentance. But it also produces intercession. When we hear the details, we talked about the details last week, it should move us to a place of care. Amen. If, if I can just speak to you this morning, and I know I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to anybody else, the, the burden of the Lord will, will move us from comfort to caring. Come on, how many know that we're in comfort? We are not caring. Amen. If we are relaxing in comfort, we are not watching. Come on, somebody. We are not caring for the people around us. How many know Nehemiah was sitting in a plush palace? He was in a place of comfort. He was in a. He had a job where he was the king's cupbearer. He, he spent his time in the presence of the king of the kingdom. Come on. He spent his time under the protection of the king of the kingdom. He spent his time under the provision of the king of of the kingdom, living in the king's house, in the king's palace, under his his direction, under his protection, and under his provision, without a care in the world. But one day, one day, somebody came with some details that moved him with compassion, and he began to understand, what good is my comfort if I can't help anybody else? What good is my voice with the 
king if I don't use it to help anybody else? What good is my healing if it never impacts anybody else? What good is the blessing of the Lord upon my life if I never use it to touch somebody else? Come on. What good is the word of God that brought healing to my life if I don't pass it on? If I could just preach to a church today, we need to get a burden for the lost. We need to step outside of the comfort of the protection of the Lord and stand in the gap for the people of our city. Amen. Nehemiah was living in a place of comfort. Amen. He was living in a place uh, where he was protected. Amen. I'm thankful for the protection of the Lord. I'm thankful for the provision of God. I'm thankful for God's mercy. I'm thankful for him saving me, delivering me. Come on. Healing my life. Healing my family. Amen. But that shouldn't end there. There should be something on the inside of us uh, that wants everybody around us uh, to have what we have, to feel what we feel, to experience what we have experienced. Amen. You have a voice with the king. We are children of the most high God. Come on. We have been washed in his blood. Filled with his spirit. We have been adopted into the family of God. We are no longer strangers and foreigners, but we are fellow citizens. We are brothers and sisters. We are the offspring and the heirs of God and the joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You're not just a lay member in the church. You're a child of God, and you have a voice with the king and a responsibility to use it. Amen. Nehemiah was in a place of influence. Come on. Nehemiah was, was in a, he was divinely positioned. Amen. Next to the king. Up until the point, up until this point, he never, he didn't realize the, the hand of God in his divine positioning or didn't really understand why he was where he was at. Come on. He, 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 every day he, he enjoyed the blessings of living next to the king and serving the king, but he really didn't understand why he was positioned where he was positioned until the news came from Jerusalem and somebody filled him in on what was going on in Jerusalem and he saw the discrepancy from where they were at to where they should be and he noticed his position next to the king and he prayed to the Lord if I can just have influence, if you would give me favor, if you would give me favor with the king, 
then I, I would be able to make a difference in what's going on in Jerusalem. I believe in this hour that we have favor with the king. I believe the favor of God is resting upon us as God's people. Come on, you have to believe it. You have to believe that God cares about what you care about. He cares about your prayers. He cares about your family. He cares about your community. Come on, he cares. Amen. It wasn't till he got the news that was going on that he went to the king. Come on. He, he was divinely positioned between where Jerusalem was and where the king was at. Come on. How I many you know the power, the king has the power to change the circumstances in Jerusalem. The king was the one that had the resources that Nehemiah needed to affect Jerusalem. The king is the one that had authority and jurisdiction over what was going on in Jerusalem. And Nehemiah was divinely positioned between Jerusalem and the king. Come on, somebody. He was standing between where Israel was and the king. It was his responsibility to understand, I have a responsibility to the people of Jerusalem to go to the king on behalf of what's happening in Jerusalem because I am positioned to have an audience with the king. I have an audience with the king. Somebody say that. I have an audience with the king. Amen. The king cares about my voice because I'm one of his children. Amen. Psalm 134 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears. Amen. Amen. We have an audience with the king because we're part of his family. He listens to what we say. Come on. And when we begin to feel the heart of God and pray the prayers that he wants us to pray and feel about people the way that he feels about them and we begin to pray after the will of God, we begin to pray for healing for our nation and for our families, the Lord of, of heaven will hear our cry. Come on, somebody. He will avenge us speedily. Somebody say amen. John, 1 John 3 and 22 says, Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. <laughs> Why? Because we keep his commandments and we do these things that are pleasing in his sight. Amen. There, there, there is a, uh, there, there's some perks that come with being a Christian and living right and drawing lines in your life between right and wrong, between holy and unholy. When you choose to live God's way, he hears what you have to say. Come on, when you choose to follow his commandments, he hears your prayer. Amen. Not only does he hear it, but the Bible says that he inclines his ear to our prayer. Have you ever been talking to somebody and you can't really hear what they're saying? What do you do? You move a little closer. What was that? That's what that means when the Lord inclines his ear unto our prayer, when the righteous are kneeling before him and standing in the gap and praying. Come on, somebody. He puts his ear close to where we're at so he can hear what we have to say. Why? Because we care what he has to say. I'm going to tell you, if you care what God has to say, you have power with the king. You have a voice with the king, and you have a responsibility to use it. 
Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. He's telling us there that we have a right to go into the throne room. We have a right to take our our petitions before the throne of God. How many know that's where he rules from? That's where he reigns from. Come on. He has dominion and power over all of the earth. How many know the earth and the fullness thereof belongs unto the Lord? There's not anything on the earth that is not under his oversight. He sees it all. He is the supreme deity. There is no God above our God. He is above all and before all, and by him all things consist. All things continue in operation, and we have a voice with the king. Come on. We have power with the king. Come on, how many just want to use your voice right now to declare some things to your family and to your city? Come on, and to your relationships. Hallelujah. God cares what we have to say. Genesis chapter 18. The Lord comes to Abraham, sends a couple angels, and he tells them, Abraham, Sarah's going to have a child. He's already been, it's already been prophesied to him. It's been years. At this point in their life, Sarah is past the point where she can have children. She's went through that stage of life where women uh, can no longer have children. The Bible says it plainly. But the angel comes and says, Sarah's going to have a baby. It's going to be your baby. Sarah hears it outside the tent, and she laughs. She's like, oh, has the Lord ever told you anything and you laughed about it? Like, yeah, right. I, I like that's going to happen. I believe the Lord's going to tell us some things this year that's going to make us laugh. Amen. We got to be ready to believe. How many want to be ready to believe what God wants to do? He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Beyond our ability to conceive it or to dream it up in our minds, he's capable of it. When he speaks it, regardless of the circumstance or the barriers that stand in the way, even the barriers that he created... I mean, no, he created these bodies. Amen. And he can reverse that, uh, that thing in her body, whatever you want to call it, that process in her body that causes her not to be able to have children. He reversed that process so that his word would be fulfilled. You're going to have a baby. Sarah's laughing, and the angel confronts her about it. When I said you're going to have a baby, you laughed about it. She said, no, I didn't. Wow. Do you realize I'm the angel of the Lord? Sometimes we think God is like us. like He sees all, knows all, hears all, knows your thoughts, knows the thoughts of our hearts. You can't hide from me. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. 
I'm sorry to tell you, quit lying. Yeah, you did. But how many know that her faults didn't keep the promise of God from coming to pass in her life? Because God spoke it. Abraham comes out of the meeting with the angels. He's, a, he's blessed of the Lord. The favor of God is upon him. He's meeting with the angels. If we just realized who we were, how many know we're the children of Abraham, the Bible says? By faith in Jesus Christ. He saw afar off what we see. Come on. How many know that he saw Jesus Christ being born before it happened? Abraham was privy to all the things that were going on. He knew the process and what would take place through the process of time because he walked with God. He was close to God. He was a friend of God. And God cared what, how, what he cared about. So come on, somebody. I'm going to prove it to you. After he came out of the meeting with the angels, steps out of the tent, and the Bible says that the angels looked toward Sodom. Read it in chapter 19. They turned toward Sodom. And, and Abraham came out with them to, to kind of see them off. You know, when somebody leaves your house and you walk out the door with them and it's almost like you can't say goodbye, you're still talking as they're going and getting in a car and then you wave at them. Let I me mean, you know what I'm talking about. You don't really want them to leave. You enjoyed their company, but so you kind of see them off. He's walking with them as they're heading on their way. And the Bible says that they turned their faces towards Sodom. Because their duty in the earth was more than just to give Abraham that word. They were coming to exercise judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord said, should I hide what I'm going to do from Abraham? Think about it. Abraham was to be the father of faith. The father of the nation of Israel. He had a voice with God. Amen. God cared about Abraham and what Abraham cared about. Amen. He said, should I hide from Abraham the thing that I'm going to do in Sodom? No, he didn't. He began to tell Abraham about all the things that he was going to do, that the cry of Sodom had come up before him and the wickedness and the sin in that city had come up before God and he had sent his two angels to exercise judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. And the angels left and Abraham hit his knees. Because Abraham had family in Sodom. Come on, somebody. Abraham began to pray unto the Lord. Lord, I know that you're a righteous God, and I know that you hear my prayer. If there's 50 righteous in Sodom, will you still destroy it? And the Lord said, no, if I can find 50, I won't destroy it. And then he says, if there's 45 in Sodom, will you destroy it? And he said, no, if I can find 45 righteous in Sodom, I won't destroy it. Lord, if there's 40 righteous in Sodom, will you destroy it? 
he said, no, I won't destroy it if I can find 40. What if there's 30? If there's 30 righteous in Sodom, will you destroy it? No, Abraham, for your sake, if there's 30 in Sodom that are righteous, I will not destroy it. If there's 20, come on, God, if there's 20 in Sodom, will you, will you withhold judgment? He's like, no, I, I, won't, I won't destroy it if I can find them. And how many knows that he couldn't find them? But it was the prayer of Abraham that before those angels exercised judgment, they went to Lot's house. You know, they didn't do that for Lot's sake. They did that for Abraham. God didn't do that because Lot was righteous. God did that because Abraham cared about Lot and his family. Amen. And it grieved his heart to know that they were going to be caught up in the judgment that was coming to Sodom and Gomorrah. I want to tell this church today, if you want your family to be saved, God cares about your voice, but you're going to have to exercise your responsibility to call their names out in prayer. You're going to have to stand in the gap and pull on God and say, don't let them be judged with the ungodly. Pull them out before it's too late. Amen. Abraham stood in the gap for Lot. He stood between uh, judgment and God. Come on, somebody. He was the one positioned beside God to make a difference in their destiny. I'm not lost. Amen. I'm in between. God has placed us here, right where you're at, for a purpose, for a reason. You have an audience with the king to stand in the gap. Amen. For, we'll place, can you get down on your knees? Come on. For somebody. Come on. For somebody. We are their only hope. Come on, for somebody uh, in your family, you're their only hope. Come on, your prayer is their only hope. Your supplication to God is their only hope. Your connection to the king is their only hope. Come on, your co- I'm going to tell you right now, our connection to the most high God is Cambridge's only hope. Come on, from judgment, there's got to be something rise up on the inside of us that we're going to take our position next to the king and we're going to fulfill the role that God has placed us to fulfill. Abraham cared about Lot and his family and he made supplication to God. Yeah, he had a relationship with God. Yeah, he had a prophecy that was coming to pass in his life. Yeah, the the will of God was going to be fulfilled, but that was not his only purpose. His purpose was to stand in the gap for Lot and his family to use his relationship with God as a source of salvation. I believe God is trying to pull us out of comfort into caring. Stay with me all around the building. I preached my heart this morning. I feel like this is the heart of God for this hour right now. How many can feel that heaviness 
settling upon your heart right now. Just lift your hands unto the Lord. Don't fight it. Come on, don't push it aside. Let the Lord begin to pull on your heart and use you in intercession right now. God is going to prepare your heart today to stand in the gap. This is what we're called to be. Many signs shall follow them that believe. They'll, they'll lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. Come on, how many knows that they'll minister to a lost world? I was talking to Brother Tony Richard last night. I believe it was him that, that said these words to me. We were talking about Nehemiah. And uh, we had a meeting with all the pastors of the Anchor Churches last night. And Pastor Bounds um, conveyed to us what he was feeling. And every, the things that he was feeling go hand in hand with what I preached last week. And he didn't tell me before last night. And Brother Tony was telling me, he said, you know what, tomorrow morning... I'm preaching on Nehemiah. And I said, that's what I preached last week, you know, and that's what I'm preaching this week. You know, the spirit of God, how I many knows there's one spirit? But he said, this one thing I saw in that story that, that really shocked me. He said, at the end of his prayer, he says, I'm going to go to the king, for I was the king's cupbearer. And when he said that, I was like, oh my goodness. That completes it, what I was feeling. Because he stepped away from his place of comfort to go to a place that needed what he had. He got orders from the king. You can't do it without orders from the king. We need to make sure we get our orders from the king. Because if you have the orders from the king, you have authority and you have jurisdiction. And the resources are already made before you go. Come on, somebody. Nehemiah didn't have to fight with the, the guards and the authorities in the region that he was going into because he was sent by the king. But he stepped down from the cupbearer position to fulfill a role. I have something that they need. How many know it all starts with a burden? Amen. He stepped away from his place of comfort and stepped into chaos because he was connected to the king. I believe God is calling us away from our comfort, calling us up to a place of holiness, a place of prayer, 
and a place of reaching like we've never had, like we've never seen before. Amen. God is asking us to step away from the comfort because he, He's answered our prayer. We have that burden that we want to help somebody and reach for somebody. We got to be willing to step out of the palace and trust God to bring deliverance to the people that we come into contact with. God has positioned us here in Cambridge, Ohio. How many believe that? Everything that we need is here. Amen. Everything that we need is here. I believe is a part of this church already. Amen. I believe there's going to be more that's going to come and God's going to use. But everything we need to impact our city is in this place right now. Are we willing? Are we willing to, to put ourselves in a position where we're inconvenienced to reach other people's lives? Are we willing? Ask yourself, am I willing to be woken up in the middle of the night to stand in the gap and get on my knees and pray for people that are lost? Come on, am I willing to, to, to sacrifice a Friday night to have corporate prayer? I know it's not a regular scheduled night. A am I willing to fast, come on, and to get off of media totally and completely and to, and to sanctify myself unto the Lord and make myself a vessel meet for the Master's use? Am I willing in this hour to become what God wants me to become? God is calling us. God is calling us out of comfort. If you walked by a, a swimming pool or a pond or a lake, drive by, whatever, and you see somebody struggling in the water, and you, and you slow down and you look, you think, they look like they might need some help. How many know you can see when somebody's struggling? me don't know how to swim okay you stay away from it because if you don't know how to swim you can't help somebody that don't know how to swim amen if you're not saved you can't help somebody get saved come on if you've never been healed you, you can't necessarily help somebody that, that but if you're walking by and you know how to swim and you see them struggling in the water and you stand there and watch them die, do you know your, their blood is on your hands? Their, their blood is on our, our hands if we watch it happen and don't do anything about it. Or if we stand there and just yell commands to them, because we don't want to inconvenience ourselves with preparing ourselves to jump in the water. It's cold and I'll be wet and I got my good shoes on. I got my good suit on and I got some place to be. I don't have time for this. And I say, kick your feet. 
Kick your feet. Quit flailing. Don't be scared. Just kick your feet. Because when people are drowning and they don't know how to swim, they don't know what to do, how to save themselves. They don't have the understanding, the ability to do what you're telling them to do. They need somebody that knows how to swim to jump in with them and get a hold of them and say, calm down, let's go, I'm with you. I'm going to help you to the shore. Right? You're safe. You're safe here with me. I know how to swim. Amen. I know how to get back to where you need to be. I know how to get your feet back on solid ground. Come on. I need. I, I know how to do it because I've been where you're at. Amen. I've been where you're at. I know what it is. Come on. God has showed me how to be saved. God has showed me how to be healed. God is a healer. He is everything that you need. But we have to be willing to inconvenience ourselves to be the church that God has called us to be. He's calling us from comfort to caring. And I believe that it costs to care. It costs to care. Amen. Why don't we gather around the front this morning? If you're worried about social distancing, you can stay back in the aisle there in the middle, but just everybody try to move toward the front if you can. God is calling us to, to intercession. A vision of restoration, it begins with a burden. It starts out with repentance, but it moves into intercession. Amen. It moves in. He, he started praying about the people that were in Jerusalem and what was taking place in Jerusalem. He wasn't necessarily praying on his own behalf. He was praying on behalf of others. To intercession is, is, is the act of intervening on behalf of another. It's praying God's heart into a specific situation or standing in the gap on behalf of a person who is in the need of mercy and grace. Amen. How many know that we can see the deficiencies and we can see the deficiencies. If you can't see them, look around. Go back and listen to the message last week. Begin to look around yourself. Your, what's happening around you. Begin to watch and pray. And you'll begin to see the deficiencies. And how many know that we have the ability and the power to pray people from where they're at to where they should be. God will send the necessary resources to Sodom and Gomorrah to pull those people out that need pulled out and take them to a safe place before he destroys the city because he cares about us. Come on, somebody. He cares about us. He cares about what we care about. And when we start caring, God will 
will begin to care. Come on. How many know he said, pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it's already purposed in heaven. When I see the deficiency of what's happening in the earth and I understand that that's not what God purposed, it's my responsibility to make up the hedge, to stand in the gap and pray about that situation until it changes. We don't pray one prayer and give up. How many know we hold on? Come on, we get a hold of them and we hold on. We hold on to God and we hold on to the deficiency. Come on, we hold on to God and we hold on to that loved one. We hold on to God and we hold on to our city. Why don't we lift our hands right now and begin to do that right now? God, I understand my responsibility as a Christian. I understand my responsibility as a child of the living God. I pray, God, that I would begin to care the way that you care. I pray I would begin to feel what you feel. Lord and begin to pray the prayers that you say need to be prayed God thy kingdom come thy will be done God in earth in my family God in my city as it's already purposed in heaven come on begin to call on the Lord right now in the name of Jesus you might be their only chance you might be their only opportunity to be saved come on Abraham was the last line of defense before the judgment of God that hit Sodom he was the last line of defense between Lot and his family being last and he hit his knees in the moment that he heard judgment was coming and he cried out to God his friend and said Lord God don't let it happen don't let him be lost don't let them be lost in judgment. Don't let them be judged with the world. God, don't let them go to hell, Lord. Pull on them. Pull them out that, of that pit of sin. Pull them out, Lord, of that lifestyle. Pull them out of that mindset. Pull them out of the gutter, Lord. Pull them out of that, that relationship of adultery and fornication, God. And lift them to a place of righteousness and healing, Lord. And Generation, we are your people. Come on, Lord. In the ear of God, what would you want him to know about? Come on, he has placed his ear close to our mouths. He wants to hear the cares of your heart. He wants to know what you care about, how you feel about it. He wants to hear your prayer. Begin to call on the name of the Lord on behalf of those people that he has placed in your world. Come on, on behalf of our city, on behalf of the children of our city, the single mothers of our city. Come on, the lost loved ones of our city. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hear us from heaven. Hear us from heaven. 
The light of the face of the light of the glory of God shall shine in the face of Jesus Christ. It's going to shine in their hearts. It's going to be loosed upon them in the name of Jesus. It will change. It will be altered by the power of the prayer of the faithful saints of the living God. It will change. again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.